When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Ram fans, this is Rams Up, your favorite L.A. Rams podcast. We are proud members of the Fans First Sports Network. That's fansfirstsports.com. You can also follow us on YouTube. Our channel is at L.A. Rams Up. I'm your host, Mark. You'll hear from my co-host, Tom, on occasion as well. Hey, we're not Rams insiders. We're just longtime fans who love talking about our Los Angeles Rams. Let's get to it. Welcome to another edition of Rams Up Podcast. I'm your co-host, Tom, at Ramsbeat on Twitter, here with my co-host, Mark, and also joining us for the roundtable to talk about the Ravens game, as well as looking forward to the Commanders game is Ian. And so we're ready to uh, to get into it. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm doing great. How about you, Ian? Yeah, doing good. I'm, I'm sad we lost that game. That was one we needed. But tonight, I've digested it, watched some film. I'm a little bit better, but there's things we need to talk about, damn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no I... doubt no doubt about it. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, so let's dive right into it, Ian. What are your thoughts on that game? What did you, uh, uh, you know, just just overall in general, and then we'll get into kind of the positives and negatives here in a second but what was your your gut reaction as that game ended it was just like damn it dude we should have won we outplayed them a majority of the game and 
these are the ones that the Rams just haven't been able to figure out and get a W in, man, whether it's this game, Eagles, 49ers, and others that we can go down the list. You know, Steelers, Bengals, all games that were extremely winnable. They just we weren't able to do it. And it's it sucks, but to go toe-to-toe with another powerhouse team in this league, it's it's a good sign. We don't suck. We don't suck, everybody. And I don't think a lot of teams would want to face us face us if we were to get into that, you know, playoff tournament on the wild card weekend. That's for yeah. sure. So I, you know, I feel better a couple of days later, but there's some things we'll talk about which I'm not happy about in that game. Gotcha. How about you, Mark? What was your initial reaction after that game? Well, you know, I, I certainly was probably as devastated as most Ram fans, but there was a part of me that was also kind of like what Ian was alluding to, really excited, you know, that this team was able to hang with one of the you know, probably one of the top three or four teams in the league on the road, a team that had two weeks to prepare and rest in bad weather. And, uh, hey, you know, it's good times. It's a good time to be a Ram fan. It really is. We may not get to where we want to be this year, but, man, uh, looking ahead to next year, if that's what this is all about, this is just a bonus. This season's a bonus. And, um you know, yeah, super bummed because it would have been if we had pulled that off, we could probably might have actually punched our playoff ticket. But hey, we're still alive and hey, move on. Let's go get the commanders. Yeah, it all comes down to expectations, right? I mean, uh, if you go into a game like that and what, like we, you know, we lined it up, right? It's the one of the top, you know, defenses in the league, Lamar Jackson. Lamar's 18 and one against NFC teams, starting against NFC teams, nine and zero at home, you know, just every, you know, with the buy on top of it all. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, kind of a crummy day there. And you just add all these things up and you just say, look, I just, I just want the team to play well. Let's see if they can keep the running game going. This was my point of view and, you know, and, and so forth and so on. So just execute, not make any bonehead plays and so forth. So, um, and to keep it close. And they did all those things, right? With a couple of bonehead plays here and there, which we'll get into. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but for the most part, I was happy about it. I mean, the fact that we're in overtime with these guys, um, obviously a tough way to lose, but very shocking, sudden. But in the for overall, a, a very rewarding win with some of the positives. So let's let's start with the uh, let's start with the negatives, so we can end on a high note. Ian, what were some of the negatives that, you know, really stood out to you that you were just sort of shaking your head, maybe especially things that were recurring, you know, that you're just like, gosh, why can't we, you know, get past these things? Yeah, I mean, there was just, let's start on the defense, because look at, the defense has had a lot of good moments for, uh, you know, a squad people didn't think were going to be any good at all, or probably historically bad, right? But Damn, there were so many co- coverage busts on our end defending the Ravens' offense. It's just unacceptable to have that many in one game. It started, you know, the previous week in Cleveland and that wide-open touchdown uh, pass by Flacco early in the game. And it was a theme throughout this entire game. Were there good moments? Yes, and we can talk about those good moments. But let's think about it. The big, big first touchdown early or end ending the first quarter there, wide-open tight end. And damn, Jordan Fuller's got to make that tackle to at least save it wide open. We think about the OBJ double move. There's just no safety helping up top. Wide open touchdown. 
Think about the third and 17. Jordan Fuller not attack, attacking Flowers on that match zone deep quick enough. And then that was an easy uh, you know, completion, touchdown, game-changing play late in the game. So those three blown coverages, or you can say lack of execution, however you want to phrase it, cost us the game. And some other things factored in, but I think when you have, gentlemen, three touchdowns with bad coverage, blown coverage, you know, to say the least, not good, man. Hey, do not you think, good at all. How much of that could be traced back to, is it perhaps a situation where they them having two weeks to prepare, they saw something, uh, they they took advantage of something the Rams defense was doing and uh, designed some plays up to take advantage uh, advantage of that, or is this just our safeties blowing chunks? Yeah, Mark. I mean, to have multiple mess ups in the back end of the of the Rams defense, especially the safeties, just. There was a lot of good moments, and we'll talk about those and what they did. But to have multiple coverage busts, wide open touchdowns, it's just unacceptable for a team that has shown really good defensive prowess in the back end recently. For them to look, you know, discombobulated. Think about the first touchdown at the end of the first quarter there, where it was a wide open wheel route. John Johnson's like, uh oh, I think that might have been my guy. And then, you know, number 80 for the Ravens, he's a fast dude, outran the angle. Jordan Fuller couldn't get the tackle in time, and he dove in the end zone. And we're like, ah, God, again. It was a very similar play to what Cleveland did to us in the previous week, where it was a heavy play action, roll out, you know, a delayed wheel to the outside, the opposite side of the field, and, you know, a toss back throw, and boom, they cash it in. So that wasn't good. Then the OBJ double move. Where is the safety help on OBJ? I mean, come on, Rams. We know Odell is a great player still. Let's at least respect him a little bit. And then we get shredded on that, and the safeties are nowhere to be found again. And then we can think about the third and gazillion end of the game touchdown, third and 17, to Zay Flowers, where it was match zone, Aquilo covers the tight end, John Johnson covers the outside receiver, and then Zay Flowers is coming across. So Jordan Fuller is playing like, you know, that match zone. He's got to attack Zay Flowers faster. He was late on the attack, which allowed the throw to be possible and open. And Lamar's a top 10 quarterback, and he hit it. So coverage busts, people not mentally there thinking correctly in the construct of a play. Big touchdowns. All three of those plays were big, game-changing touchdowns. And think about it, guys. If we even stop two out of those three, we probably win the game. Seriously. So there's other things that factored into it, but defensively, that was disappointing to see. Yeah, I, I thought the same thing, Mark. I thought when I was watching, I thought, did they see that, you know, our, our DBs, especially Kendrick, Darian uh, Kendrick, were jumping routes and um, especially those in routes. And and they were so they designed double moves and stuff like that called double moves. So uh, but yeah, Fuller was very disappointing. I mean, he got he got a lot of props this week. He was really stepping up. He's healthy and this and that. There was a big feature on him in the athletic and. I don't know. Maybe it's the maybe the athletic feature story is the new Sports Illustrated cover curse or something like that. I don't know. But that was a nasty yeah, performance by Fuller. But hey, we're uh, joined now by Paul Walia, a regular roundtable guest who's uh, uh, been able to, who's able to join us now. How you doing, Paul? Fantastic. How you guys doing? 
Good, good. Yeah, we're just talking about some of the negatives. Obviously, the most glaring was those defensive uh, backfield breakdowns that were uh, that were brutal. Um, but uh, beyond that, is there anything else that you saw in this game that was, uh, you, you know, disturbing? That was um, something that was uh, recurring, maybe, uh, uh, or something that popped up that we haven't seen. What What did you see that you didn't like in this game that really stood out to you? Um, I think you know. I think Ian's point about the coverage bus. I think that was very significant. Um, if you think about it, the game tying play was a third and 17, right? I mean, that's just, how does that, I mean, I'm not to take anything away from the Ravens offense, but on a rainy day, uh, field is muddy, third and 17, you got the offense right where you want them. They need six and then you give up six. I think that was huge. I think the one thing that really stood out for me and tell me what you guys think is that the, the inability of the offense to be ready in key situations down the stretch and execute, you know, think about it. They, they convert on that two point conversion. It's a very different game, right? That missing that two point conversion was huge. Absolutely huge. Um, so I think that was very, very significant. I mean, the play call was just absurd. Um, and then we saw two plays down the stretch where they couldn't get the play in one. They were forced to run something to the corner, which the Ravens knew, because right? they couldn't run anything to the middle of the field. So that took away a, a real legitimate shot at, at winning the game. So they had to go for the field goal. And then it happened again right before that punt return. So the I think the other thing, we've been joking around with it for like three weeks, but, I mean, Trammell really, really hurt the Rams. Uh, the Rams had an opportunity for great field position. Uh, that was their position, their possession after they had stopped the Ravens, and then he dropped the football and couldn't uh, return it for much, and that put the Rams back in a hole, and that wound up being the putt, right? So you know, talk about a sequence of events that came back to haunt you, uh, and then it hurt them on special teams. So yeah, special teams that happened twice in the game. Yeah, yeah, he dropped, he muffed the punt twice. It's funny with Trammell. You know, we had talked about, uh, I think, I don't know which one of you guys was the or, or maybe it was you, Paul. Nobody's, nobody is uh, 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 prepping for and saying, oh, Austin Trammell, he's, you know, we really got to bear down and really, you know, prevent yeah. him from getting getting some big yardage. Nobody's doing that. But I was kind of, I've always felt this whole season like, God, he's just so solid. He just catches the ball. He has a couple shifty moves. He wraps it up. He doesn't fumble. He doesn't give it away. And, you know, he's just solid, right? It's better than putting Cooper Cup back there like they did, you know, two years ago um, before they got Brandon Powell. And he, Cooper Cup, just go back there and catch the ball. He just, you know, it didn't matter where the defense, where the coverage unit was. It was just up his arm went and that was that. And, you know, there was no putt return. So I was like, Austin Trammell's at least solid and consistent. And then here he goes and starts to muff punt. So I agree with that. And then, you know, the Rams have the worst. I didn't realize it. But they have the worst, they are the worst special teams unit in the league on, you know, especially on punt coverage and on, uh, and on, um, and on punt returns. So not good, Tom. And gentlemen, yeah, let's, let's pause on 32 that. 32 out of 30, 32 out of 32. Let me just go to Paul, to Mark on that. Go ahead. Sorry, Mark, yeah. Mark, yeah, go ahead. Give us your, uh, give us your special teams assessment, Mark. <laughs> well, uh, I'll, I'll tell you a few things. Uh, number one, 
on our punt coverage, uh, is it just me or does our first guy down there always just run past the returner, <laughs> just blazes past the returner out of the play? And then, uh, you know, I've talked about this on a couple of podcasts. Uh, if there is a good return by the Rams, you just look for that yellow flag icon. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming every time we have a going back to the Tavon Austin days. But uh, yeah, uh, to me, Austin Trammell, like you said, Tom, is back there for one reason, ball security. Uh, catch the ball, uh, five, 10 yard return. We'll be happy with that. And then uh, and then he has these muffs and could have been part. It could have been the weather. You know, maybe maybe we cut him a little slack for that. It's hard to say. But yeah, overall, I, I think Ethan Evans has been great. Uh, mm -hmm. But other than that, yeah, <laughs> nothing to brag about. And our long snapper just got put on the IR. And we brought in a replacement long snapper. So that's Jeez. never a good sign. Yeah. So uh, that's something that, you know, he was doing really well. Um, so, yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. But um, let's move on to the uh, positives, guys. Um, so, Mark, what was your big takeaway in, in terms of positives this week? Well, but before I, I get to that, I'm, I'm going to say I can't. I'm really surprised. Uh, Maybe Ian and Paul didn't have a chance. I thought someone was going to bring up the three pass plays after the opening uh, nine runs on the opening drive. But Oh, yeah, the well, nine in a row yeah. and then the three pass plays. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to just address that real quick and just kind of play devil's advocate a little bit. The That defense is obviously a great defense, right? And and because of the threat of the uh, the passing, they were – playing, you know, the, the linebackers were playing off. The duo was really getting off during that drive, uh, the duo run concept. And so, but when they're condensed, you know, when, when a defense like that, 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 that's that physical is, is condensed into a much smaller area in that red zone, uh, it does change things. And I feel like the Rams did feel like they would have better success spreading them out in the running game than they would just trying to shove the ball down their throats because let's face it, guys, the Rams is the Rams aren't an overpowering offensive line. They're getting, they're scheming up in space. Uh, uh, some of, some of these run, some of these holes and these gaps um, anyway, but Paul, what is your take on, on my response to that? Well, I think, you know, one of the things uh, I had texted to you guys, uh, towards the latter part of the game was which I was really surprised about was as that field got muddy as that field I mean really in the bad weather and the rain started to fall I I, I agree with Mark I really thought that was an opportunity we would see the two-headed monster again right the Kyron Williams Freeman sort of exchange and just really starting to wear down that Rams I mean the Ravens D I really thought they had that opportunity I think really think they missed that opportunity they had a chance to really control the clock, really wear down that uh, Ravens D. The Ravens D was out there for a long time. Rams won the T.O.P. in that game. I think it was like 34 and it changed to 26 minutes, 27 minutes. So the Rams really did have the ball for a very, very long period of time. Um, Kyron Williams, you know, Iron Kyron did his thing. But I really thought that was a missed opportunity. I think Mark was spot on there. I think, you know, the Rams had an opportunity to use that two-headed monster. They really have sort of moved away from Freeman. Um, but when they were – think about some of the games we've been talking about, really been beaming about, is when they really took it at the teams, particularly late in the game. Um, 
you know, to me, this game was all about – it was there for the taking. It was all about blowing opportunities. They, they really yeah. gave this game away to take nothing away from the Ravens, right? The Ravens came, played better in clutch time than the Rams did and won this game. Um, and that really was the narrative of this particular game. But I really thought when that field started to get money and the myths started to fall, I was like, hey, they could have taken it to him. And then another thing we've been talking about before we move to the positives is – We've been saying it, and we saw a little bit of it when Davis Allen started catching some passes. We've been saying for the last couple of weeks, where are those ISO plays, those, you know, go up and get them plays? Let, let's take a look at this. When the Rams had a couple of opportunities in the red zone, right, and they were throwing it up there, we were like, see, there it goes, came back to haunt them. We've been saying, where are those jump ball, where are those contested plays? And they went to them late in the game. But you could see, like, the Rams' offense, that was something they really did not have, like, set plays to go to. They did it to DeMarcus Robinson a couple of times. We saw late in the game Cooper Cup went up and got one. That was awesome, right? But if you look in the red zone, that was really, to me, glaring. And when they did try to go to that, they really looked like out of sync. It was something that they really had not emphasized all year. And really, it came back to haunt them because that's something they really could have taken advantage of with Davis Allen, maybe with Puka, maybe maybe with Coop. And I really think they need to start to take a look at that to, to sort of save Coop some reps is that use uh, King Cup as that red zone specialist, bring him in and run some uh, select plays for him and get the ball at the end zone. He's been doing really well within the last couple of weeks, you know, going to the red zone, going straight for him and uh, isolating him and uh, getting that six. But that was something that stood out for me. And Davis Allen looked good, really, really good. I know he had that bad drop, but he looked really good out there. Yeah. So, yeah, let's let's start there on the positives, right? So so Higby's out. We lose long. Uh, he's gone on the IR today. And um, so, yeah, I mean, we're, we're down to Davis Allen and Bryson Hopkins, who's apparently been, you know, pushed out to four string. So, uh but yeah, he looked good. That was a positive, right? We got to look at him. Um, Nick Hampton is starting to get some play time, which is nice, right? We've been calling for some of these other rookies. You know, where is Trey Tomlinson? We don't know, but you know, maybe uh, maybe it's, it's he's yet to come. But uh, yeah, but let's dive into some of these other positives. Um, Ian, what were so what was your biggest positive takeaway from this game? Oh man, well, Cooper Cup is. Um... Looking pretty dang good again, ain't he? And I think the whole offense as a whole. I mean, we, let's. I'll start with him because we've been wondering where is King Cup, where is Super Cooper, like Coach Yarbs, or our wide receiver coach likes to say. And look, there's no doubt about it. He's been very open in his press conferences about he ain't a hundred percent. He's not, and it's obvious. The film don't lie. We all see with our own two eyes on game day, but he's battling through it, and. He's still effective in the run game. Now, were his routes as crispy as they could be? No, but they were good enough against one of the best secondaries in the NFL today. And maybe, you know, the slippery grass helped. Cool. It worked in our favor. And I'm happy to see him make big-time catches, big-time plays. He did look faster. He did like look like he had a lot more wiggle than previous weeks. I mean, think about it. Think about all the times he's caught a shorter pass and juked out three dudes, spin move, spin move, spin move for another 15 yards. We saw some of that this past Sunday, which is good. His ankle is feeling better. Now, 
Matthew Stafford's thumbs looking a lot better too, ain't it? Man, oh man, has he been incredible after the bye week. He needed that rest, right, gentlemen? He needed that extra time to get that throwing hand right. And woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. people who want to move off him, you guys are insane, whoever Rams fan you are out there. I see you. I know who some of you are. <laughs> and it just think about it. If Jared Goff was our quarterback, we wouldn't be in this game. Jared can't play outdoors well. Matthew Stafford can. Most quarterbacks cannot play good outdoors, but ours can. Yeah, we get um, back our – yeah, no, that's great. We get back um, Cup and Nakua maybe had their best uh, game together uh, as as Rams, right? I mean, it was yeah. Nakua early. Cup comes back. They're kind of trading you know, games. Cup goes, gets hurt again. He's still limping around um, even when he was playing. You know, good for him for playing through it. But, um, yeah, their best game for sure by uh, with both of them. And then Stafford getting healthy. Those are some some good positives. Mark, what else did you see out there that you liked you know, on on either the offensive or uh, defensive side of well, the ball? Well, you, you guys already talked about Davis Allen, and yeah, he looks like a keeper. Another, he's another fifth round draft pick, right? Uh, he could <laughs> Incredible. Be, uh, he could, yeah, I know. It's, Incredible, and, Mark. And, I mean, wow. Yeah. Another, just this draft class is just continuing to just ball out, man. I mean, yeah. think about remember that leap, that big third in gazillion where he just hurdled right. the dude. I was like, "Yeah, where we've needed this all year." Golly, right. man. Anyway, the Rams wow. are trading all their first round picks for fifth rounders. Yeah, there you go. Cool with me. And I have to say, you know, that one run by Kyron, the camera angle on it was incredible from the back where he did that little jump cut and go. Um, and that was amazing. He, Kyron Williams continues to amaze me. I, I think, I don't know, I don't want to get into superlatives uh, and show my Rams bias, but he's one of the best running backs in the NFL right now. I really think he is. And on a rookie contract, the guy's incredible. And over the last few games, my, my son has been pointing this out. Go back and look at, watch Puka block. His blocking is incredible, and I, I sent you guys a little video that uh, a guy showing some of this, the skill set of the Rams wide receivers and Puka, um, his blocking ability, the Rams sometimes almost using him like a fullback in motion, leading the play, leading Kyron Williams, and you got a guy like Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua, they can run with the ball, they can catch, and just incredible blocking, and that's a big part of this offense right now, I think. And the one other thing I wanted to mention that was impressive, I don't know if this is good or bad. Uh, the bad part was we were letting Lamar Jackson stand back there for 10 seconds sometimes. But our in, uh, in those situations, our secondary did a really good job of sticking with the coverage. Um, uh, I, I, I didn't get that overhead view to see what was really going on, but how many times were there where Lamar just was standing back there with no pressure? That's the bad thing. But the good thing was he, he still had nowhere to throw the ball. And then, of course, then we had three big breakdowns. But that's in short some of the some of the good things I saw. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch -ch -ch -chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? <sighs> Ooh, a book club. <sighs> Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, <sighs> oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, I agree with you. It was that secondary was a tale of two, you know, sort of uh, situations, right? On the one hand, they were doing a great job of sticking to coverage with a guy that can create time as well, as good as anybody in the league. But on the other hand, they just had some some just really bad breakdowns, like all god awful breakdowns. So uh, if if we're well, let's go back to the, your other point, Mark, the pressure. So on the one hand, we have Aaron Donald who's getting triple teamed, and uh, we have uh, Kobe Turner who everybody is raving about, right? And he's doing his job in the on the defensive line. Right. And, and, you know, Bobby Brown is doing his a Sean thing with, you know, tr- plugging up the, the running game. But so the obvious, so the only other place we can look for lack of pressure is on the edges. Right. And Michael Hoy, if you watched him, he's not rushing the quarterback anymore. He's just playing that just a, now he's playing a prevent edge if there is such a thing right he got is that possibly what they are coached to do in this game though with Lamar back there yeah I don't know maybe Maybe just a thought you know that's a good point but my but the thing is is and we saw what the result of that was right he can just run around and do his thing in you know five ten seconds so um and then Byron Young the same thing right so you know you as an edge you have to be able to do it it has to be both at once you got to be able to create pressure and contained and and so that's where i really felt they were that's really i I really felt was a negative and that is something we have to address in the offseason i mean byron young um love him 
and you know good you know good developmental guy Hoyt he looks good every now and then but I, I just feel like <clears throat> I feel like they're the uh, that uh, those offensive lines are able to put way too many resources into the middle of our uh, defensive line rush and 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 really can you know contain those edges with one guy and handle them or bait them into going inside so you can get outside on them and so forth and so on. So I wanted to get your take on that, Paul. What is your what is your take on our edge situation at this point? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. Even Daryl Johnson, the announcer, pointed that out uh, about the Rams' pass rush. You know, he said, "Listen, if, if Aaron Donald's getting double and triple teamed on a consistent basis, somebody's got to win their one-on-one matchups." And the Rams' pass rush, particularly, like you said, the conductor KT, right? He had been doing that. Um, but you know, shout out to the Ravens' O line; they did a great job just shutting down the Rams' pass rush, particularly from the interior. You know, you saw that they really controlled the interior a pass rush. Uh, Hoyt, you're right. Looked like he was just trying to contain everything. Uh, he was wearing the knee brace this this game, the sleeve. He wasn't wearing the full brace. He was wearing the sleeve. So maybe that knee was bothering him. I know Montesiro got one sack, but I counted four times when they had a chance to sack Lamar Jackson, which is not an easy task, and they let him get away four times, right? And the the other thing I know we're going into the positives, but you know, the, the Rams secondary had definitely had some blown coverages. But it looked like the, from what the game plan was and having Lamar Jackson stay in the pocket, forcing him. Uh, I have a friend who's a big Ravens fan. And, you know, first thing he said to me, he said, listen, Lamar Jackson's the, the best intermediate thrower in the league. That's his thing. And one of the things, and, and for Ravens Nation as well as Rams Nation, one of the things I saw – just my opinion was that the best way, the most successful defense against Lamar Jackson, this is two weeks in a row, is when you show him something coming from the inside, back out of it, and then send the, send a blitzer or blitzers coming from the edge that flatten out and force him to go left-right. And him having to come off and try to check down or whatever it is, that's when, and that's when the Rams got him off the field in overtime, if you watch what they did, that's exactly what they did twice on back-to-back plays. Six times, the Rams executed their defense, which was go into the zone, let the receiver catch it, right, and then play your defense, correct? But the whole idea of letting the receiver catch it in front of you is to make the tackle. Six times, they let the receiver either extend for a first down and extend should be one yard. Extending the ball three yards for a first down or running for a first down. Catching, that defeats the whole purpose of keeping the ball in front of you. Now, I counted six times that happened. So that six times they gave up a first down when they had essentially allowed the receiver to catch the ball short of the first down, which was their defense. So I think part of, and I think you know Ian and Mark sort of alluded to that earlier, was that you know, they had done what they were supposed to do. Get the ball out of Lamar Jackson's hands, short of the first step, but you got you got to come up with speed. you got to break down and tackle and then force these players and stop them short of the first down. So the pass rush did not do its job. I think a monster zero did get one sack, uh, but overall they did not generate any pass rush. And I think you had said it, Tom, uh, you know, the Ferrari back there was just running around just, you know, waiting for a shot and throwing it downfield. 
So, yeah, the pass rush was a glaring weakness in this game. My wife's tapping her foot in the other room. Oh, Mark's got to go. His wife's tapping it, or his wife's uh, <laughs> tapping her foot. And so, hey, Mark, uh, you and I are going to team up later this week to cover the the Rams playoff prospects and what has to happen uh, in various scenarios. So, look forward to doing that with you. But, uh, but yeah, enjoy the rest of the evening with your wife. And uh, these guys and I are going to continue. So, thanks for joining us. Okay, thanks a lot, you guys. Peace. So, um, yeah, let's move into this uh, uh, Commanders. You know, we kind of chopped this thing up, Paul and Ian. Let's move into this Commanders game. Like, you know, this is a team that is, you know, kind of on the skids, right? Um, you know, it has, has some talent, but, you know, where has it shown, where has it been? Uh, what are your thoughts on on this week pers- in, in particular? Is this a any kind of a trap game for the Rams? I mean, with a looking forward to trying to win, trying to beat New Orleans on a Thursday night, a short week, and then having to travel back east to a resurgent uh, Tommy DeVito-led uh, Giants, and then, of course, San Francisco. So, I mean, is it possible the Rams could have a trap game? Yeah, honestly, for sure. If the defense has lack of execution on the level we saw in Baltimore, then 100% we could lose this game. Let's keep it real. I know they're mailing in the season by trading Chase Young and trading Montez Sweat, who are both playing pretty good with their new teams. What a shocker. Um, But their offense has tons of firepower still. Tons. Sam Howell, for a second-year quarterback, has had really great moments, so he can go off on you on any day. Scary Terry. Terry McLaurin is a top receiver in the league for sure. They have the two-headed monster in the backfield, you know, Brian Robinson, and I'm blanking on his name right now for whatever reason. <laughs> um, you know what I'm talking about, everybody. We can go down the list of all the skill players they have. It's just, if we don't play good defensively, we'll be in another shootout like we were this past Sunday. And will we get that version of Washington's offense? That's a coin flip toss-up in itself. But they have that ability to drop significant points on your defense so if we don't come ready to go offense defense you know we come out thinking washington is just this trash team we'll lose that game and everything we've this team has fought so hard for will be down the drain and then we'll have to beat a niner team in the final game of the season we're gonna have to win out the rest you know what i'm saying we have to beat the teams that we're on paper better in, and yeah, we are better than these, washington after so. win these next three games Paul, what is your take on this Washington matchup coming up? Yeah, we listen, we blew an opportunity in uh, Baltimore at MT. There was an opportunity there to you know steal that game and walk out with a W, put ourselves a little bit in a hole. Uh, but, yeah, I do think – and the Washington – listen, all these teams on the stretch are dangerous, and you have to play it like you – you have to literally put yourself in a playoff mindset now. I mean, you can't – worry about getting into the playoffs you have to say we're in the playoffs this is our playoffs this is our mindset going in develop that sort of playoff mentality and when you get into the playoffs you're ready i think that's the biggest uh takeaway for me is that teams not really understanding that's the way you approach the playoffs is about three to four games before the playoffs start playing playoff football and then when you get into the playoffs you're you're sort of ascending and while other teams are sort of like, you know, still sort of like uh, picking up steam. 
so yeah, this is definitely a winnable game. Winnable game. I agree with you. You know, I think that kid Robinson looks great. Uh, the kid from Alabama, right? Howell's, you know, right? he's played great. Um, you know, the, you know, Washington is dealing with some key injuries. Um, but the bottom line is, is this a winnable game for the Rams? Absolutely, one hundred percent. Rams have to get back to sort of uh, going back to some of the things we've been saying in Ram Nation. We've been saying it in our weeks of analysis that. Playing uh, smarter, uh, they've been doing it for three weeks. Playing down in distance, really, really intelligently. They didn't do that in Baltimore. Cost them um, those uh, not getting the play in on time in the fourth quarter and having to burn timeouts that could cost them. Little things like that are going to cost you now down the stretch. Play a smart game against the Commanders. Uh, control the clock. Get back to your two-headed monster. Uh, Ian is right. Listen, Staff has looked great. He's putting the ball in the end zone. Uh, his quarterback rating reflects that. He's moving the team up and down the field. Um, uh, one thing that really surprises me, the Rams not having set plays within the red zone, their go-to plays that, you know, that McVay doesn't really have to go on his sheet. He knows five or six core plays, each one, maybe two to Puka, two to Coop, uh, Demarcus Robinson. We, we've been talking about it, right? I said Demarcus Robinson is going to, he's going to show up. He had another, what, three for, I think, what was three, four, 48, and a touchdown. So, you know, he's uh, becoming that uh, third receiver staple. And, Paul, real um, quick, to, to your point about the red zone and all that, damn it, give the ball to Kyron more. If we feed it. Kyron, things going, I mean, guys, I know he's missed time, and when he's gotten his opportunities, he's done really well. I mean, there's a crazy stat out here. It's really remarkable. Inside the 10-yard 10, the 10 line red zone area with Kyron, He's gotten the ball 22 times. Seven of those have been for touchdowns. And he's missed four games. So 33% right. of the time he's putting yeah. it in the end zone. Right? We've been inside the five. Kyron has gotten the ball nine times. Five of them have been touchdowns. 55% Dude, of the time. Get get that man more touches when we get into the red area. It's that there simple. The math is there. So I just wanted to share that because it's if we do that, we'll win more games. And we'll win playoff games. And we've been saying that, right? Listen, how would you have liked to have been that defense when you've been on the field for 30-plus minutes and to see Iron Kyron and Royce Freeman running downhill on you in a five in a five-yard window? Listen, I'll t- listen, yeah. put 10 in the box. That's what football is. And I, I I'm gonna go back to that. I think McVeigh gives the other team's run defense way too much credit inside the red zone. I really do. His play calls really – he's almost on the assumption that they are going to stop the run. And the like you said, Ian, the stats do not play that out. The Rams have enough firepower. I'm telling you, with Freeman and Iron Kyron, that in, from the 10 in, they could really hammer it, go for it a couple of times. Yeah. You know, um, it doesn't always have to be – and now that they're running that – that toss play with a little bit more efficiency, right? I love when Staff handles the ball like that, and he yep. catches some of those defenses snapping on the inside. Listen, you want to crash hard, and they run that toss play? Um, I'm also excited about seeing Bryson Hopkins out there finally, right? Maybe we'll see Davis Allen, uh, Hopkins action, see some more of those like, athletic tight ends hitting those seams. Uh, that might be a, This might be a great game for that, to really catch the commanders off guard. Um, the, what was it? Rams had, what was it? Uh, one, two, three. I think off the top of my head, I think it was 13 for 200 between cup and Puka. 
right? 13 yeah. for 200. Yeah. So they'll getting those two on the field and having them both have success, another uh, great thing. But listen, this game against the Commanders, Rams got to find their game and play their game. Bottom line, find their game and play their game. And to the Rams players' credit, listen, I and I said this at the beginning of the season, when you go into a season and you're like, hey, you know, let's throw this season out. Listen, this doesn't have to be your strongest season, but now you're now you're, we're talking about playing for the playoffs, right? Had they come into this season saying, listen, yeah, we're going to eat X amount of money. Yes, we're going to trim the roster down, but we're going to give this a legitimate shot and had a real kicker and had a real backup, right? We, we would be in the playoffs, right? It would be a very different trajectory right now, but they sort of – I don't know why they approached it the way they did. And now it's sort of facing them like, oh, wow, we did have a playoff chance. We didn't really embrace it uh, full wholeheartedly. Yeah. And now we're like, okay, trying to back into the playoffs. They're trying to have two discussions at the same time is really what's happening. And now they're faced with that opportunity. But um, another positive that we didn't get a chance to really talk about, uh, Ram Nation. Did Roseboom play a great game or what? Right? Yeah. Did he play a great uh, game or what? Yeah, it looked he like Matthews like out there. Yeah. Right? With the hair flowing and everything. <laughs> yeah. He was yeah, really yeah. Good. yeah. It's always good to see those UDFAs, man. And speaking of that, uh, how about Alaric, man? He's got a couple, he's put together a couple yeah, of good games. Good. And, and Nopum, and Nopum filled in. Nopum Adam, played a great game. Yeah. Admirably for Havenstein. So, you know, the O-line's coming together, right? That interior, uh, uh, that was a bogus call, by the way, on on uh, on Coleman Shelton would not have, you know, leaving the ball sitting there for a long enough right. time. It's, oh, yeah, it's like know. these refs got to get the hell out of this out of this game. I mean, <laughs> I, that's a, that's another podcast, but um, yeah. but good stuff, guys. So so uh, let's just uh, we're going to instead of doing uh, uh you know, we're, we're, we're all going to pick the Rams to win this commander's game. They're favored by six and a half, I think, at this point. But so I, I wanted to get your take on, you know, Paul, you just sort of hit on the, you know, the topic and the, you know, sort of the hot topic around Rams uh, house is, you know, are they going to make the playoffs and what has to happen to make the playoffs? Paul and I are going to do a very significant deep dive into the, into how that looks um, uh, coming up. But but just what is your gut, Paul, on whether or not the Rams make the playoffs? Yeah, you know, it's – it's. I don't know. You know, I, I really think the Rams – I you know, I wish, like I said, I, I Rams Nation's probably tired of hearing me say it. And give me back those two games that they probably left out there. We could go – there are about four games a season we could look at that, you know, if they had been more invested in the season, perhaps – We'd have those two games that cushion a little bit, but I do think this this is uh, a team that is capable of getting into the playoffs. I I think the coaching staff has done a very good job. You know, we've been talking about the running back shout out to Gold. This is his first first year as running backs coach from coming over from Stanford. He's done a really really nice job. We've seen Iron Kyron Freeman has been ready to play every game as well. We've done a really nice job. Shout out to him uh, getting the, our running back room ready. I think this is a team that deserves a shot at the playoffs, but they're going to have to earn it. So I think this is a great opportunity, uh, you know, in practice uh, with those motivational speeches, say, listen, 
you earned you earned the chance to be in this position. Let's you know, let's bring it home, right? Both literally, let's start winning at home, right? We've been saying that all season. Let's start mm-hmm. dominating at home. Um, and I think the Rams are going to get a shot at the playoffs. I think they can get themselves into the right mindset. I think this can be a dangerous team in the playoffs. Look at the formula. They got enough offensive firepower. They got a veteran quarterback. They got a veteran receiver that are t- that's top in the league. If if they can keep him healthy, right? So, I mean, look, he looks like the walking dead out there. Sometimes I feel terrible for him. Catches the pass and, like, he needs help getting up. You know, you're going to have to, you know, embrace that and maybe start using him a little bit more as a specialist just until he gets his feet under him. Uh, and I really think – I think it's going to make the Rams' offense even deadlier, right, when you can rest them a little bit. Um, but I think the Rams can be a dangerous team in the playoffs. They've shown when they play defense intelligently, they can win a lot of games. They can get the ball back to their offense. Now, the third phase has absolutely killed them, and I have to say I underestimated how bad they were going to be. I said it would only cost them two games this season. Well, it's definitely cost them more than that. Yeah. Um so if they can get that special team scenario ironed out, which I think is going to be hard this late in the season, um, but I do think they're going to sneak in. I do think they can make a little noise. I think this is a great platform to build on for next season. If that you know, because that's been their mindset anyway all year. Um, but uh, the formula is there. Rams got a really nice formula, game winning formula. When they play bad, quote unquote, as we say. And they don't execute. It's always been within those arenas, right, Ian? Where yeah. either they the red zone kills them, or they don't play the smart down distance on defense. Yeah. Something like that. Something manageable that they did not manage well. And Coach McVeigh, come on, that's on you. You're not, you're not getting the plays in on time and in crunch time in the fourth quarter. I mean, come. On. They have to really look at why is that happening because this is two years in a row. It's like a really disturbing theme. You know, is, at that point of the game, are you, right, Ian, are you delving into your playbook that deeply? You know, at that point, you should have circled and highlighted what plays are your go-to. Yeah, I know. Um, uh, and I really like to see, I really hope down the stretch we see more of those designated 50-50 balls, back shoulder balls, where they get closer to the end zone when they do throw it. They're not taking advantage of their size. Rams have great size on the offensive side of the ball with their receivers, the tight ends, and they need to start going to that because they could have exploited those D-backs in that game um, a couple of times near the red zone. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I think um, to your to your question, Tom, of do they get in, I think at this point in the year, we just got to start looking at who, you know, who are the teams we're competing with what are their schedules like? Because that's just the reality. That's the reality. So, yeah. you know, we have commanders coming up, Saints, Giants, and with the 49ers. Not the easiest, but plenty of winnable games in there, right? Vikings right now have the Bengals, Lions twice, and the Packers. Not the easiest for them either, luckily. Packers' schedule is Bucks, Panthers, said Vikings and then another matchup with the Bears. This is a lot more favorable for them. Seahawks got Eagles, Titans, Steelers, and Cardinals. That's not as easy either. So it's really going to come down to just like any game, anytime you show up on that field, which team doesn't screw up more? 
that's just really it. Do is are we going to screw up more than the Commanders or the Saints or the Giants or the 49ers when we play those matchups? And we can say the same thing about all the other teams we're competing for those final two spots. Did the Vikings blow games that they were supposed to win? Did the Packers blow games they were supposed to win? Seahawks and et cetera, et cetera. Falcons, Bucks. I mean, guys, there's it's incredible. One, two, three, four, five teams right now are six and seven in the NFC. That's plus incredible. The, uh, yeah, plus the and then seven and six are the uh the Vikings. So yeah, yeah. I mean, what's gonna come down to is is I mean, whoever gets in is gonna have to if you if any of the if any of those teams sweep their last four, they're in. Like any yeah. team wins 10 games, they're in, right? Yeah, yeah. Um and so, ask, ask Green Bay, should you sleep on DeVito? Right? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that yeah. Was game. yeah. That's it. Yeah. And Shout then yeah, shout game. out to DeVito. We gave him our game ball this week. And then uh, nice, nice. And then uh, but so it's gonna come down to some tiebreaker scenarios with some nine and eight teams, whether it's two or three of us. And uh yeah, so Mark and I are gonna delve into the into the uh the math on all that, and it's not so much percentages of who's better or what you know, which all those statistical you know the new york times thing is pretty cool you can put in who you think is going to win and what the percentage chance of getting in and there's some other ones that are out there in terms of looking at it but really if there you know if you look at it from the rams perspective you basically say okay you win 10 you're in okay we're going to sweep all four games maybe not you know certainly that niner game is going to they're not going to be laying down in that game there's no very few scenarios where that is not going to be a very important game for them to win to get home field advantage and the bye. Right. And then, and then, so basically the Rams are saying, okay, we got to win these next three games. And if we win these next three games, we got to, we, that means one of which those, one of which is of those is new Orleans. And then that sends off a chain reaction through the whole playoff scenarios. Cause there's so many teams that play each other, even the last four weeks. Um, when you get into different scenarios of tiebreakers with, you know, the division guys got a tiebreak before you get into three-way tiebreakers and it, it gets pretty nasty. Um, but we're going to break it all down for, for you guys here this later this week. Uh, it's, it's actually, I'll give you a, uh, a little preview. It's very, if the Rams win the next three games, I'm going to say they're in, it's very encouraging. Like when you look at the different tiebreaker scenarios and how everything goes down, Rams win the next three games, take care of business, Washington and, and the Packers. And then at the giants, the Rams are in, I'm calling Saints. it right now. I mean, Saints. The Saints. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Saints. Yeah. I meant, yeah, I meant the Saints. So Ram um, nation yeah, Rams. So the, you the, hear sorry, the, the Jim Moore meme right behind Tom. Yeah. Do you hear the Jim Moore beam right behind Tom? He wins. Yeah. 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 So no. Yeah. So just to recap, I'm sorry. And it's the, the Commanders, then the Saints, and then at the Giants. Yeah, those three games yep. are critical. And um, have to win, win those. Win those three games, and I think we're in this. The playout, the the uh, tiebreaker scenarios would have to be bonkers. Uh, you know, for for uh, yeah. for us not to get in. And um, again, the key, the king, the key, the king, kind of the kingpin in that whole uh, in that whole scenario is once we beat the Saints. And the fact that one of those three teams between the Buccaneers, Saints, and Falcons is going to win the division 
And then only one of the other two is going to be in a tiebreaker with us because divisions tiebreak on their own. It starts to cascade and really looks very favorable for the Rams. So, uh, and the fact that all of, all of those are NFC wins are are huge for the Rams. So, anyway, um, okay, let's end it there. Thanks you, thanks you guys for joining us and breaking down the this crazy Ravens game. A lot of pros and a lot of cons for sure. Uh, and then looking forward. So uh, we'll jo- do it again next week after this Commanders game and see where we're at and see what happens in this crazy league of NFL football. So thanks, Paul. Thanks, Ian. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Blue and soul on a roll, baby. Let's go. Let's get a rolling. Yes, sir. And all right, Ram Nation, you got to show up at SoFi. Help us out. Your presence matters for these home games that are kind of decide our season. Hope to see you there. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget about our YouTube channel. Our handle is at laramsup.com. Till next time, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there.